Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Salah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts the voice. The earth melts. The God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we, uh, we ask that as we come to your word, uh, that you would press these truths deeply uh, into our hearts and our minds, uh, and that we would know that you are our refuge and strength. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Uh, this is probably not a revelation to you, but uh, life can be hard. There's a shock. Uh, it's not always hard, is it? Life can be full of joy, it can be wonderful, uh, you can have wonderful sunny days, uh, you know, and uh, go to the beach, do all kinds of fun things, you can rejoice at the gift of life. Uh, but sometimes life can be hard as well, can't it? I suspect that every time a new year begins... Most of us, even though you know, we don't really put much stock in maybe New Year's resolutions or anything like that, most of us probably get to the beginning of a new year and we think to ourselves, well, I hope this year is better. I hope this year is kind of you know, a good year, uh, that it's relaxing, that it's peaceful, that it's an easy existence. But maybe for you, it's already four years into this year and you're already beginning to think to yourself, well, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I was talking to someone last week and they, and they said that they've been, as they've been talking to people, people are coming back from their holidays and saying, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to go again this year. You know, people, we're only a few weeks in and already the, the year looks bleak. Uh, and you turn on the news, don't you? And, and, and it doesn't get any better. Uh, every day there's a kind of seems to be some new crisis. Uh, a, a crisis in state politics, a crisis in federal politics. Uh, a crisis in world politics, um, a new war starting up or an old war that sort of had been finished starting up all over again, uh, a car accident, an assault, a new disaster, a new natural disaster, a, a volcano, a flood, an earthquake, uh, soaring temperatures, the threat of bushfire, the list goes on, doesn't it? Uh, and every day seems to bring not just a new kind of world disaster, but personal disasters as well. The car breaks down, just when you don't have the money to have it fixed. Uh, the, your kid gets sick. Money gets tight. Someone that you love makes a foolish choice, and, and, and they have to suffer the consequences of that. 
Uh, someone that you know abandons the faith. It can be so hard, I think, to deal with all those things, can't it? And it can be so hard to deal with those things because they just seem to keep rolling on one after the other. How do we deal with that? How do we cope with that? How do we deal with the, the dramas and the crises of life? Well, this psalm, uh, if anything in the Bible, gives us a great answer to, that, uh, to those questions. Life can be hard, but this psalm speaks into that reality. Uh, someone who knew about a hard life was Martin Luther, the great German reformer. Uh, and for him, this psalm was a beacon of hope. In 1527, the, uh, the Black Plague had swept through much of Europe and Germany, uh, and Luther's son almost died during that, uh, during that plague. And it was during that time as his son was facing death and as Luther, Luther was facing all kinds of other mounting pressures because of uh, his stand for the gospel, it was during that time that he wrote his most famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, A Bulwark Never Failing. And apparently during the difficult times, uh, he would turn to his colleague Philip Melanchthon and he would say, come on Philip, let's sing Psalm 46. Uh, you can just see the two of them, can't you? Sitting in, their, sitting in their office with their parchments, putting their quills down and, uh, and singing uh, the psalm that Luther had penned. Well, Luther was right, I think, to latch onto this psalm as a great bastion of hope. Uh, and whether you're going through turmoil at the moment as we speak, or whether you're walking along somebody, beside somebody who is, uh, or whether you're fa- you will face turmoil this year in your life, or someone you love will face turmoil, this psalm trains us to deal with that with a big trust in God. Uh, the first verse of the psalm really sets everything up. It's, it's a summary of the whole thing. It's a wonderful verse. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Who is God to those who belong to him? Well, the first verse says three things. First of all, God is a refuge. He's a place of safety. He's, he's a place that we can go when every other place is threatened with being overwhelmed and destroyed. Listen to the way Psalm 84 describes that same reality. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And this is so beautiful. Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty my King and my God. To be near God is to be safe. It's to be like a tiny sparrow who can hide out in the presence of the God of heaven and earth. Nothing can touch even that bird, let alone us. No one can get near her. No one can touch her. God is our refuge. He's a safe place. But God is also our strength. That, that doesn't mean that God here is our source of strength. That's certainly true. Uh, But here the the idea is that God is a place of strength. He's a strong place. He's a fortress. He's an impenetrable place. He's a kind of this high up mountain, this this fortress that cut off from all the things that are going on around us. Uh, I remember when I was a child, I remember the first few times my parents left me at home alone. Uh, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember being mildly terrified that somebody was going to come and kind of break into the house, storm the house, uh, and attack me, being a person of, of frightful imagination. That was my fear. Uh, because our, our homes, even though we think of them as safe places, they're not fortresses, are they? 
But God is, this psalm says, what our homes can never be. God is a fortress. He's a high castle around us. He's a barricade that no one can get through. He's a tower that lifts us up above the storm. And in the next few verses, the psalm paints this wonderful picture of how that works, what that looks like, what it feels like. So verse 2, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The writer says that if God is our refuge and strength, then it means that we don't need to be afraid. He says, therefore, therefore we will not fear. That is because that's true, because God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, we won't be afraid. We won't fear. There's lots of reasons in life to be afraid, isn't there? So many reasons for us to be afraid. But there's one great reason for us not to be afraid. And that's because God is our refuge and strength. We won't be afraid, the psalm says, even if the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. That is, even if the most unimaginable, uncontrollable, uh, unbearable catastrophe occurs, even if that happens, we won't be afraid. Imagine that. Imagine looking out the window, uh, looking out the window and seeing Ben Lomond crumbling to the ground or being picked up, just kind of picked up and tossed aside. I've never been in an earthquake, uh, but I imagine that it would be one of the most terrifying experiences in life. Why would that be so terrifying? I think it would be terrifying because the very thing that we take for granted is ripped out from under us. We take it for granted that the ground beneath our feet is a safe place to be. So if someone doesn't like heights, what they often say is, I can't wait till I get down from here until I'm back on solid ground. That's what we say, isn't it? We take for granted that the place where we're standing is always a safe place, but that's not true. Where do we stand? What's the safe place to be when the ground around us is, is breaking up, being tossed about as though it's a child's toy? Or imagine the sea or, or, or water ravaging the land and destroying everything in its path. You might remember the floods in Queensland from a few years ago. And how powerless people were to do anything about it. Huge, vast masses of water sweeping through, demolishing houses. Or think of a tsunami storming up over the land. Imagine the terror of that moment, standing on the beach. Imagine what it was like for those people uh, all those years ago uh, with the big tsunami in, in Asia. The water being sucked out. And that moment just before this huge flood of water came storming onto the land. Imagine the terror. The place where you are, you think, you, you think you're safe, it's not safe. What do we feel like in those situations? I think we would feel sheer terror, we would feel powerless, we would feel weak, we would feel vulnerable, we would feel inadequate, we'd feel utterly helpless. But if we're near God, look at verse 5. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Here's the picture. The world outside is in absolute disarray. It's falling to pieces. There's no safe place to stand. Disasters, war, violence, oppression, evil. But inside the city, where God is, it's safe. 
And while this psalm is using uh, you know, pictures of natural disasters, that's not the main point. It's using imagery here to capture a, a, a greater point about life in general. That is, even if the world around us is being turned upside down, we can still trust God. Even if your life is being turned upside down, you can still trust God. God is still a safe place and you don't need to be afraid. Think back to all those things, all those crises that we see on the news every day. Political disasters, uh, wars, earthquakes, sickness, death. What an encouragement to know that when we, turn on, when we turn on the news and when we see those things happening, to know that God is a safe place amidst that. What an encouragement to know that whatever you face today, you're safe with God. That nothing can touch you. That whatever you face today, nothing can reach up over the ramparts of God's protection and take you away from God's help and care. What an encouragement to know that whatever you face this week, you're safe with God. That nothing can snatch you out of his hand. Uh, Imagine for a moment the greatest tragedy, your greatest fear. What's your worst nightmare? What's your worst nightmare? What's the worst thing that could ever happen in your life? Most of us have a few of those. If that were to happen this week, this psalm says that you would be safe. In the loving hands of God. It might not be easy but you'll be safe. That might seem like an enormous paradox for us to get our heads around. Not easy, but safe. But nowhere is that paradox clearer, I think, than in death. That is, you can face death, you can die, and you can be safe. Why is that? How is that? Because Jesus' resurrection from the dead means that if you belong to Jesus, you can die and yet live. You can die and still be safe. You can die and still be in the loving hands of God. You can die and one day, that great power which raised Jesus from the dead, that will raise you from the dead too. And if that's true, if God can conquer the power of death in Jesus Christ then that means that any disaster that we might face, any lesser disaster that we might face, God can keep us safe in that as well. Well, God is a refuge in the strength. He's a safe place in the storm. But this psalm also tells us that he's not just safe, but he's also ever-present. God is an ever-present help in trouble. That is... God is not sometimes a source of help, but always. He's always there. He's always present. He's always with us if we belong to him through Jesus Christ. This psalm is not saying that there's a physical place that we need to go to, that we need to find, where we can find safety and security. There's not a mountain that we need to run to, or a church, or a temple, or a city, uh, or a country. The, The place where safety is to be found, the place where security is to be found, is in God himself. And remarkably... God is wherever his people are. That has been true since the beginning of the world. God has always been with his people. 
But that idea takes on new significance in the, in the New Testament when we discover that through the Holy Spirit, God comes and takes up residence in his people. Jesus says to his uh, disciples in John 14, And I will ask the Father, and he will give to you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We are the place where God is. There's nowhere that we need to go because God has come to us to embrace us in his loving arms. Uh, If you know God and if you belong to God through Jesus, then God is an ever-present help in trouble. And the place of refuge and the place of safety is wherever you are. It's here. It's where you are later today. It's the place where you lay your head down to sleep. Why is that so important for us to know? Why is it so important for us to know that God is not just strong and safe, but ever-present? It's important because you might really believe that God is strong and safe. You might really think to yourself, yep, you know what? God is able to protect me. But if you don't believe that God is ever-present, you might think to yourself, he can protect me, but maybe this time he won't. You know, maybe God's been with you in the past. You know, he's been with you. He's helped you out in the past. But maybe this time you think to yourself, maybe this time he's not going to help me. Maybe this time God's far away. Maybe I can't bank on God this time around. But no, the Bible says that God is ever-present with his people. Wherever you are, if you belong to Jesus, God is there with you. And sometimes we feel that, I think. Sometimes we have a sense of the the love and the comfort and the nearness of God. And sometimes that, that buoys us up in difficult times, doesn't it? And yet, we don't always feel that. Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we feel hopeless and and, and lost. We feel as though God has abandoned us, as though God is far off, as though he's too distant to help us, or or that his help is is not the kind of help that we really need. And yet this psalm tells us, whatever you feel, the truth of your situation is that if you belong to God in Jesus, that God is with you. No matter what you feel, the truth of the matter is this, if you're in Jesus Christ, God is with you. He's a refuge and strength, and he's always there. Wherever you are, whatever it is that you're going through, uh, and whatever it is that you will go through today, tomorrow, this year, uh, this life, if your life is in the hands of Jesus, then God is ever-present, and God is strong, and God is safe. The world might not be safe. The world isn't safe. But God is safe, and God is with you even now. So God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. But God is not only a safe place amid the storms of life, God is also a place of rest and refreshment. Verse 4 is maybe the most beautiful verse in this whole psalm and it's, you can almost miss it amid everything else that's going on. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. So in this imagery... Of, of God as a place of safety and security, high above the fray, 
there's this image of not just a safe city, but a city of, of this lush city, of this bountiful city. It's a city uh, through, whom str- through whom, whose streets this river runs. And this river brings life and refreshment and, and happiness. You can almost imagine kind of the plants growing up beside it and, and people kind of uh, kneeling down beside it to draw water for refreshment and life. That's, this, that's the picture in this psalm, not just of a safe city, but, a, but of a beautiful one, of a refreshing one. Outside, the world is going to pieces. It, it, it's falling apart. Mountains are being tossed into the heart of the sea. But inside, these people are at peace and full of joy and at rest. Inside the city, the river is bubbling, the children are playing, the people are going about their lives as though they're untouched by the world outside. The picture in this psalm is not of people hunkering down in the city safe, but terrified. The picture of, in this psalm is of people who are safe uh, and at rest. It's such a powerful image isn't it, of what life can be like when we know and trust God? And some people just seem to live lives like that, don't they? I, I think some of us live lives safe but terrified, don't we? That's the description of our Christian life, safe but terrified. We know we're safe, we know that God's strong, we know that God's with us, but we're terrified and, and tossed about by everything that's going on around us. But some people just seem to go through life with this incredible trust in God. It doesn't mean, if we have that peace, uh, that everything around us will be at peace. Uh, and it doesn't mean that the world will suddenly stop uh, being a hard place to live. It doesn't mean that there won't be disappointments. Yeah, there'll still be disappointments, unmet expectations, crushed dreams, failed hopes. It doesn't mean that there won't be sadness. The death of somebody that you love, the loss of a great job, the inability to have children, maybe. It doesn't mean that life won't be hard, but it does mean that even in the midst of the storm, there can be refreshment and joy and peace and rest. Uh, I remember talking to a friend uh, once who'd lost a member of their family. Uh, And I remember saying to them, amid all all the regrets uh, that they experienced, I remember saying to them, sorry, I wasn't going to make it through the story. I said to them, you know, one day you'll be able to tell that family member all the things that you wanted to tell them that you never had a chance to say. Isn't that wonderful? Because you'll see them in glory. Uh, And one day, when you meet them, they won't remember all the things that you did against them, the ways that you hurt them and that you wish you'd never done. They won't remember that. Because in Christ, all our sins have been covered in God. Not only has God forgotten them, but we'll forget them too. It's extraordinary, isn't it? All the the sadness, all the sorrow, all the regrets done away with through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if that's not a river... These streams make glad the city of God. I don't know what it is. All the evil of our lives buried forever 
all the sadnesses of our life, buried forever, and all the good carried on for eternity. In spite of tragedy, this psalm tells us that there can be reassurance, and in spite of sadness, hope, and in spite of conflict, confidence. And that confidence and hope comes from being near Jesus. Uh, And notice again that that's the reason that we have this confidence and this hope, this peace. It's because we're near God. That is, it's a place where God is. It's it's found in God himself. To find refreshment and peace amid the storms of life, we don't need to find a special place. We don't need to go on a holiday to the east coast or to the south coast of France. All we need to do is to go to God in Jesus Christ and find in the loving arms of Jesus spread wide on the cross rest and peace and joy in his care. How do we do that? We do that, I think, in lots of ways. We do that by seeking God in prayer. We do that by drawing near to him, by speaking to him, by seeking his presence and his nearness through the Holy Spirit. We do it by seeking God and his word in the Bible. As we read the words of God, God speaks to us. He draws near to us. He comforts us. We do it by being among God's people. The church is the body of Christ. It's Jesus' arms and legs. They are the people through whom Jesus draws near to us. They are the people through whom whom Jesus holds us by the hand and through whom Jesus weeps with us when we're weeping and rejoices with us when we're rejoicing. Notice that in this psalm, the Lord Almighty is with us. He's our fortress. He's our refuge and our strength. God is not simply with uh, me or you, but he's with us. He's with his people. And it's among his people that so often God draws near to us and meets with us and comforts us and consoles us amid a turbulent world. That is, we can't expect to be able to go off into a place, you and God, and, and, and to find all the peace and the comfort that this psalm promises us. If that's, if that's what we're driven to by circumstances, yes, that's one thing, but, but we need to be among the people of God. That's where God acts and works and where God consoles and comforts us amid a turbulent and tumultuous world. So God is a place of refuge and strength. Uh, He's a place of rest and refreshment, but he's also a hope of ultimate peace. So look at verse 8. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, That might seem like a pretty violent end, really, to a psalm about the safety that God's people find in him. You know, this psalm has been about safety and security, about peace and refreshment. And all of a sudden at the end, God talks about bringing desolation on the earth, about breaking the bow and shattering the spear and burning shields. But it's important for us to understand that those things are all part and parcel of the way, of, of, of the way that God brings peace. God brings peace by making wars cease to the ends of the earth. The final vision of this psalm is not just, please understand, it's not just a a hope of safety while the world outside goes 
to rubbish. The final vision is not for all God's people to be locked away in some kind of fortress tower while the world around is lost to us and to God. The final vision of this psalm is for the peace of God's city to spread out into the whole world. The hope is for war to end and for God to reign and for evil to be ultimately destroyed. The command in verse 10, be still, is not a command for us to be not afraid. (laughs) You know, don't worry, be still. No, the command to be still is rather a command to the nations, to the enemies of God. Be still. I will reign. And you will be defeated. It's important for us to come to terms with the fact that ultimate victory, ultimate peace, God's ultimate peace, can't ever be obtained without the end of evil. Peace demands victory over everything that stands in the way of peace. And so at the end of the day, whether we experience peace or not depends on which side of the battle we're on. It depends where we are in the vision of Psalm 46. Are we in the city with God, safe and secure? Or are we outside the city, among the nations, raging against God? Because peace and security will come. But how will it come to us? How will it come to you? Will it come as a loving embrace of of God or will it come as the threatening and awful judgment of God against those who've rebelled against him how we experience the end of this psalm depends on where we are with God in the city or away from God raging against him The command at the end of this psalm to be still is reminiscent of another command to be still that came much later in history. Uh, Several hundred years after this psalm uh, was written, a man in a boat slept with his friends. uh, He was sleeping in the boat with his friends while a storm gathered on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, And as that storm whipped up, the men in the boat began to panic. They were terrified. They thought that they were going to die. And so they woke their friend up and they said, what are you going to do about it? And Jesus stood up and he said to the wind and the waves, be still. And in that moment, in that decisive moment, Jesus won a victory over all the chaos of this world, plunged into the ruin which sin has led it. And Jesus won a victory and brought peace for his disciples. One command, two outcomes. The disciples were safe because in Jesus they were with the God who made them and the God uh, who made heaven and earth. Who was it in the boat with them, they wondered? It's the God of Psalm 46. The waters foamed and roared. And Jesus said, be still. And it was. The disciples were safe because in Jesus they were with the God who made them and the God who made heaven and earth. Well, I don't know uh, where you are or what you're going through. Uh, I don't know if you're with Jesus or not with Jesus. 
But if you're not with Jesus, then you're not safe. God's judgment will come. But it's not too late to be with Jesus. It's not too late to come into the city whose doors still are open wide for all who come to God in Jesus Christ. And if you are with Jesus in that city and in that boat, then the good news is this, that one day war will end and one day sadness will disappear. We sang about that in the end of that last hymn, didn't we? That one day all of that will disappear. All of that will be conquered. All the tears will be wiped away. All the enemies of God will be put away. All our sadness, all our fears, all our disappointments will be swept up in the loving arms of God. We get so used to, I think, rolling from one crisis to another, don't we? We just, every day, what's today going to bring? But one day it won't be like that. One day we'll wake up and we'll never fear another crisis. We'll never fear another bereavement, another loss, another disappointment, another separation from a loved friend. One day, Jesus will come and he'll return and he'll bring peace forever to a troubled and tumultuous world. The peace in the city of God will spread out from a bastion hunkered down against disaster. It will spread out to encompass the whole world and the universe which God has made. Well, I can't think of a better way to begin this year than by meditating on that reality, than by meditating on our safety in the arms of God. As this year gets underway, what better way for us to start than to know that if we belong to God in Jesus Christ, then God is our refuge and our strength and nothing can touch us. Whatever happens this year, even if all your worst nightmares come true, God is still God, God is still there, God is still safe, God is still in control. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you're safe and good and not just well-meaning but powerful and strong strong to defeat death and evil and even strong enough to defeat the evil that lies buried within us and which brings turmoil to our lives every day. Lord, some of us here might be facing difficult times at present. And we ask that the truth of this psalm would really resonate deeply in their hearts and lives. 
that you would speak your peace and truth into their hearts, that you might be a source of rest and refreshment amid a tumultuous and turbulent world. And Lord, some of us might unexpectedly face difficult times this year, things that we had never seen which blindside us. Lord, help us to be prepared by beginning today to live with you as our refuge and strength and an ever-present help in trouble. Lord, write these truths deeply on our hearts, we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.